Hello everyone and welcome back to the Bundesliga show. Hope everyone's doing well and is looking forward to a no doubt jam-packed uh, show this evening. Uh, first and foremost, you'll be able to tell that we are one more. There is more than two of us. Um, so obviously, evening to Mark and evening to our guest for this evening, uh, Peter Weiss. So Peter, how are you doing first and foremost? I'm doing fantastic, gentlemen. Pleasure to meet you. It's a privilege to be here. Thank you very much. So we'll uh, we'll introduce Peter properly in a moment's time. Uh, but of course, before we get going, a little bit of uh, of admin as per usual for everyone that's watching. So uh, of course, we're in partnership again this season with the brilliant um, Bundesliga boxes. So make sure you get yourself across uh, to get yourself a, a fresh number for for Christmas. There, uh, I believe their Christmas boxes are now ready to pre-order, as you can see on the banner uh, coming up now. So make sure you get yourself an early Christmas present ready to go. Mark, you met up with the the man himself over the weekend as well in, in Germany. How was that? Yeah, it was fantastic. Absolutely brilliant day out. We actually went up to Bayreuth. Yeah, I think, Peter, you'll probably know Bayreuth as well. Just a little bit, maybe 80 kilometres north of Nuremberg. And we, we caught a dry league game, Bayreuth against Fell. So, yeah, we, we all met up. I think um, he had, a, obviously, a couple of guys as well with him. It was fantastic. A really good day. A few beers, a few Bayreuther, Helles. And, yeah, it was fine. a good game as well. In fact, if you didn't catch the highlights of that one, you've got to check out the winner as well from Phil. What a strike that was. Yeah. It was a volley from about 30 yards into the top corner. <laughs> Unbelievable strike. Yeah. I thought I was watching, Met, like, a prime Messi or something like that. But it was brilliant. Fantastic day out and great to meet Richard as well. Excellent stuff. Um, and yeah, of course, we're in partnership with Bully News as well, who Peter is a key contributor to. Um, so yeah, go uh, make sure you go check out Bully News. Uh, of course, we've got the brilliant Runa who joins us on a Thursday for fantasy football knowledge. Uh, but make sure you go over to Bully News to check out the tactics column, which Peter uh, does for uh, or writes for Bully News on a, on a weekly basis, as well as the Americans in the Bundesliga as well. So loads of great content on Bully News all the time. Of course, that's why we're in partnership with them. So make sure you go check them out. And please do, um, if you do enjoy the show, please smash a like on the video. Comment along if you've got any questions for Peter during the live show or even afterwards. Please do, you know, pop them in the comments. We love to receive them. Uh, anything Bundesliga related, we shall make sure that we get to them. And please do press that red button, hit subscribe and make sure that you don't miss out on any Bundesliga content that is coming your way fast and furious. Um, so... Less of that and more Bundesliga chat. Uh, first and foremost, uh, gents, what a weekend, as always, of Bundesliga uh, football, Peter. I mean, as a Bundesliga fanatic in general, I bet you were just overwhelmed by all these brilliant <laughs> games and goals. Uh, absolutely, until the Bayern Freiburg result, of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Left us all with a, with a slightly sour taste in the mouth. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> uh, apart from that, just a, another amazing weekend in, uh, in, in my opinion, best football league in the world, and great showing by the best fans in the world as well. Yeah. Uh, fans who own the club. So I'm biased, of course, though. I'm, yeah. <laughs> yes, well, I think we all are on the show, aren't we? So, Mark, you're going to kind of uh, take us through each game and kind of introduce them because because. This week was so impressive and there were so many good games and, you know, no game really disappointed in any stretch. There's so much going on. 
we wanted to just do a whole match day 10 review so slightly different to featured four or talking point shows that we usually do um so yeah over to you mark and we'll, we'll kind of go through each game in as much detail as we can do it and, and bring everyone a bit of a, the kind of magic that we had this weekend really yeah, definitely. And I think for me, there's no better place to start than uh, in East Berlin as well, obviously, with that fantastic result. I think everyone was supporting the underdogs really on Sunday, weren't they? In that kind of big uh, double header as well between obviously Union and Dortmund and then Freiburg and uh, Bayern. But yeah, I just thought it was a brilliant performance from Union Berlin. You know, obviously a double from Yannick Haber uh, giving them a... For me, it wasn't so much like the attacking play of Union Berlin, but it was the game management. I just thought, you know, Dortmund are a side that are famous for, you know, coming back from behind. Obviously, as Bayern Munich found out the week before as well, being pulled back from 2-0 down. But yeah, Peter, like, how did Union Berlin tactically manage to keep Dortmund so quiet in that game? Because I don't think I've ever seen Dortmund in a long time as quiet as in that match, really. Well, there's there's a, a few uh, important things to keep in mind. Number one was Fischer has actually been running the same 3-5-2 uh, for two-plus seasons. So he has, despite the fact that you've had actors coming in and out of that uh, squad, he has been running the same tactical system. He never changes it. 3-5-2 mm-hmm. double stack. You could call it a 3-3-2-2 three, three, two, two if, uh, if you prefer, whatever you like. Um, he uh, has his uh, lads well-drilled in this, and they drill in it every week, and they make the center so large you know, Rani Kadir, uh, Sammy Kadir's little brother, uh, is absolutely vital to uh, midfield ball runs and leaning into those duels. And you just saw them frustrate Dortmund. What, what even Tazic tried to do is he tried to mirror the 3-5-2, uh, is what he did. And, you know, he had a, a back three of, of Schlotterbeck, uh, uh, Hummels, and um, uh, Sude, and they just couldn't compete. I mean, it was, of course, there was luck in the beginning. I mean, Gregor Kolbe comes back, he slips, <laughs> and Yannick uh, is, is gifted a goal. Uh, so the early lead helped, of course. And then the second goal from Habara was due to a mistake from Adiemi, mm. uh, unfortunately. So they had that early lead, and that just played directly into their hands. They were able to totally, I mean, they had that lead, they could protect it, they're disciplined defensively, they're incredible defensively because they're so well drilled in it. And you can move actors in and out of this system. And Tezic, he tried what looked like a 4-2-3-1 in the second half uh, with Makoko up there. And it did wake up in the last 10 minutes. I enjoyed the last 10 minutes yeah, that match, uh, you know, uh, as well. But it just it just goes to show that, I mean, if you have a system like Fischer does, a, a, a tried and true system, uh, it works better than with all of this tinkering. And hmm. it, do you, do you- Sorry, please. Do you think that's a, a big issue that we've got, or that we have a Dortmund with, with Terzic? And it's not the first time he's been pulled up on the tactical side of the game, with being a young coach, um, as you mentioned, a bit of tinkering. So is that, can Terzic, with the pressure that's on him, can he just stick to a system and, you know, whatever the weather sort of thing? I generally like what I've seen from Terzic this season. I think he's made some good decisions. Um the the decision to mirror the three five two probably wasn't uh, a terrible idea. The only terrible idea that I saw from him on Sunday was putting Emre Khan up as a as a buttressing attacker. That might have worked at some point. Yeah. <laughs> I don't quote me. I don't remember the last time that worked. There's something <laughs> about Khan's touch, particularly when he's you know in in a more attacking based position, and probably something a little off with Sude's touch 
too. So, and Guerrero, I think is, I, I don't know what's, what's, what's up with him as a blade. I mean, he just doesn't seem to be able to, perhaps because he doesn't have a regular uh, opposite flank partner. That could be the problem. But uh, so you got, I would say, the selection of those three players, well, in the case of Sude and Gre uh, Guerrero, he didn't really have much of a choice. But Khan up front, that was the one tactical mistake I think he made. Yeah. Yeah, I that think. Um, oh, go on, Rory. Yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say we got a few uh, few uh, comments coming in from Balam, a, a good regular of ours. So good evening, Balam. Hope you're doing well. Uh, good, uh, some comments that we'll come to, but mainly the question uh, that will direct to you, Peter, uh, and it's a, a very a, a broad one and quite uh, one that you know we, we hope maybe that will come to pass. We'll put it on the screen here for everyone to see. Basically, the the short of it is, <laughs> will Union do it? So, you know, can can they keep this, you know, this run going? Uh, you know, staying top of the the Bundesliga with the ominous chasing down uh, that Bayern will, will no doubt provide uh, in such a strange season where we got the World Cup happening. Mm. You know, is this something where we might get these these strange winners of of all the leagues across Europe, perhaps? Ah, uh, look, we all hope for our very own version of the Leicester City or Blackburn Rovers fairy tale at some point in the Bundesliga. We, we need it. Um, you answered the question yourself. I mean, this, with the World Cup break, we're only going to get through 15 rounds, so we're not even going to complete the Hinwunda. Uh, and what happens injury-wise at the World Cup? What happens in this expanded transfer windows? I mean, mm -hmm. what the hell? <laughs> so, um, if you want an early prediction, though, I think Union are a top four side. I think the way that uh, Fischer, uh, Oliver Rumat is a very capable executive, I think he's going to have a good transfer window uh, as, as well. I think they go from Conference League to Europa League to Champions League next season. Right? And that's, that's personally what I believe, based on the fact that even with injuries, you can have other people work in this system. If Jordan goes down. Okay, Becker maybe is not replaceable, but... Uh, you know, if, if Jordan goes down, somebody like Sven Michel, somebody like uh, Tim Skaka, somebody like Kevin Behrens, yeah. you know, can send, this is a system that we've seen so many different people thriving. You know, freaking Joe Poyampalo was thriving in it a couple of years back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think definitely they, they're I, something, you know, I mean, it's early. We got the World Cup break, but top four, I would say. Yeah, I think they're the ultimate kind of team ethic club, aren't they, really, Union Berlin? It's not about individuals there. It's just purely about, obviously, they do have some quality individuals as well, but it's team ethic, really, isn't it? They're kind of, obviously, a managerial genius, really, from Urs Fischer, isn't it? Check out how wide they make that midfield, and that's and, yeah. and how much ground Kadira covers. I mean, yeah. he's got, he's all around that patch. I mean, if you just want to spend a match looking at him, uh, if that's your thing, yeah. I think. <laughs> He's one of those players, yeah. I think Augsburg never kind of recovered after they lost him, did they either, really? But it's uh, well, Augsburg's an interesting story in its own right, but perhaps we'll get to yeah, that later, definitely. <laughs> but yeah, you mentioned before, Peter, about you, we wanted that kind of story in Germany, but we actually had it with your club as well, Kaiserslautern, in the late 90s, right? I would never forget that. That was 1997. They were promoted and they won the, the league the next year. That was King Otto, Otto Rehager. Yeah, yeah. Made it then went on to win the Euros with Greece as well. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yeah, what a legend, a guy. Yeah. Yes, yes. I, I, I watched the King Otto documentary as soon as it came out. I highly recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, great. So yeah, let's move on to the other big game from Sunday. Obviously, this one was a bit more disappointing, let's be honest, because I think a lot of people thought, you know, Freiburg could push by and maybe not quite get a result, but we thought they could push them a little bit more than they did. Mm. But I think, yeah, they were probably tactically outclassed a little bit, weren't they? Uh, what went wrong there, Peter, for Freiburg? Did they go out too attacking? Obviously, with Schade, Grifo and Doan all in the side, do you think they went a bit too attacking or was it just a case of Bayern being too good with Chupo Moting up top. Yeah, I liked Streich's uh, tactics. I liked his choices. I did. And there was Doan uh, and Grigorovic. Uh, they, they got a little something at the uh, at the beginning there. With Bayern, it was just smash mouth. I mean, it was a 4-2-1-3. Uh, with Leroy Sané, position behind Chupo Moting, uh, Napoli, um, and who am I forgetting here? It's, <laughs> but I mean, it, 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 uh, it, my apologies. It's been a long weekend. Uh, <laughs> no problem. But uh, uh, it, it was total smash mouth football. And uh, Sané in that position behind those those uh, three attackers could do just about anything. And of course, there was a mistake. The first goal came from, um, excuse me, Sadio Mane. I shouldn't be forgetting him at all. Uh, <laughs> but. Um, the the first goal, as I recall, was a was a passing error from uh, the Freiburg skipper there, uh, Christian Günther. Yeah, who was, yeah, who was showing some signs of fatigue. Freiburg, they have a, a, a very very hectic schedule uh, with the Europa League. Uh, they have one less day of rest, so it was that error that uh, that enabled Bayern to get the early goal. I don't want to say that the game was over after the first goal, but it just all this Bayern team really needs. Uh, is an early goal to get their confidence rolling. And then Sané can turn some tricks. Kimmich and Goretzka can do their thing. They're an incredible midfield pairing <clears throat> with fingers crossed for the World Cup. Uh, they, you know, and and now also Davies, he hadn't been really in form. Uh, he's almost, have you noticed that the Davies, he doesn't play like a fullback. I mean, he, he could be he the third six or the second eight, you know, uh, yeah. behind Sané, if you like. So they're obscenely talented. And when we've seen Bayern stumble this season, it's happened because they've been painting around the corner in the box with possession. They can't find a target forward, something like this. They don't necessarily need a target forward. They just need to get an early goal. Uh, and then they have the confidence uh, to do it. So yeah, I mean, when we've seen them stumble the season, when we when we saw them lose against Augsburg, uh, when we saw them draw against Gladbach, of course that was another story with Jan Sommer, uh, but you know, also against Union, uh, which we were just talking about, it's a matter of them painting around the corner of the box, usually with Sané, who's trying to, to turn stuff, but then he can't find anybody, they get frustrated, they lose confidence, and as the match wears on, the opponent has uh, more of a chance. So I think it was a it was a bold tactical move from Streich uh, to to go with this 4-4-2 for the first time this season. I think that it was probably the right call, but that early goal just that, that let the air out of him. Uh, do you agree? Yeah. yeah, I do. I thought Freiburg were actually playing quite well up to that point, or dealing with Bayern in an effective way. Do you, do you think, with regards to Bayern, Peter, that you know that? not a shock that Chupo Martin got a game, but that having that kind of central striker, a player who's not going to generally speaking go into the channels too much and will be more of a presence. Was it something helpful for Bayern to play off? Like almost kind of replicating 
Well, in effect, you know, the, the gap that Lewandowski might have left, you know, from a long time. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, uh, Tupo Moteng can't replace Lewandowski by, by any stretch of the imagination. But yes, having a, a, a target forward there helped them immensely. What's going to happen is, is that they're going to sign another one uh, during the transfer window. We all know that. Yeah. Uh, I'd be curious to get your take on all the Harry Kane rumors. Uh, and uh, do you think that that's something? I mean, I, I read about them all the time, but you know, so they will sign another target forward. And when we resume playing league in January uh, with round 16, they will have somebody in place, uh, you know, and somebody else besides uh, Chupo. Or, I mean, what they could do is they could. But they're not going to. They're going to spend money. They're going to get another target forward. Chupo is the starter. Matis Tell as the reserve striker. Mm. That could work too, you know. But <laughs> they'll, yeah. they'll get another one just in case. Yeah, a lot of money spent on that on said youngster, and you know, quite quite an interesting move from Bayern in, in the market. That I think um, he uh, he has played limited games. Uh, what I saw when he played against Stuttgart, he certainly looked like a player capable but again with the price tag and being such a tender age i think it's you know possibly we won't see too much of him especially when buying go into the market again true well he did start uh in one game this season but but it wasn't yeah, yeah results were less than stellar yeah okay so yeah just a question coming in as well will mark be doing some more match day videos he will indeed and the next one is actually coming out tomorrow yeah just a bit of advertising as well yeah it is that game from Bayreuth against Ferl as well so yeah check that out it, it's a real like old school match day as well if you like you kind of like lower league football and you've got to check it out it's a really really interesting ground you know most people are standing only a small um seated area so check that out and also you, you're going to see richard from bundesliga boxes on there as well so i also plan on going to nuremberg this saturday as well nuremberg versus hanover and then possibly even the week after there could be another game coming as well but i, I can't confirm that one yet so yeah i'll keep you waiting on that one but yeah mm -hmm. Definitely. So, yeah, let's go on to the next game then. So, yeah, I think the next one's got to be the uh, the late kickoff on Saturday, hasn't it? The RB Leipzig versus Hertha Berlin. I mean, for me, if you've got a typical Bundesliga game, this is it, basically. You know, both sides just going fully at each other. And it could have been a lot more goals than it was. I just think, you know, Leipzig was so good. In, but I wouldn't say they were great in the first half. They got a few scrappy goals, really, didn't they? Let's be honest. Um, through Orban, that was pretty lucky for, obviously, Andre Silva's shot that hit the post to fall at his feet just for a tap-in. And even the second goal as well, I think, through Abdu Diallo. I think it hit about three players after hitting uh, Diallo's head initially. So it was a bit of a scrappy second goal as well. But Peter, what did Hertha do in the second half that just really turned the game around completely? Really, and they should have got a point, shouldn't they? Uh, they should have. We were we were all rooting for them, as we were talking about a little, a little bit before the show. Uh, those of us uh, who live in Germany, we all have friends who support the Charlottenburg side uh, in Berlin, and uh, we we spend a lot of time consoling them every year and and telling them that things will get better and that you know there's there's a, a slight symptoms of, of betterment and things like that. There's a there's always a headline in the Süddeutsche like leichte Symptome and a Besserung or something like this. Um, I like, I mean, Schwarz is four one four one. That's what he's been using for most of the season. And during the second half, he made a very very bold call and he went with a four four two. And it was uh, Stevan Jovetic, uh, Wilfried Kanga, 
uh, as the two striker sets, Marco Richter and Dodi Lukabakio uh, moved back, you know, to serve, serve as, as, uh, as flank players. And uh, later on, he brought uh, Chidere Ijuke on for, for Richter. So, I mean, he went full throttle. You know, these were sort of like, as I was writing in the column, these were his, his effort tactics. Uh, and it really paid off. Um, you know, this 4-1-4-1 with Ivan Sunjic uh, sort of running pincer. Uh, Jean-Paul Boetius is the player that Schwartz wanted in that position, his former Mainz player, regrettably succumbing to this epidemic of uh, testicular cancer that we mm. have in the Bundesliga at the moment. So I hope he sticks with his 4-4-2. I really, really hope that because Kanga and Ijuke, uh, they're so very talented. And they still haven't gotten a Bundesliga goal. If they get off the mark, uh, they could be in good shape. What a finish that was by Jovetic, by the way. Uh, yeah. I mean, what did you think of that goal? Was that not? Oh, yeah. It was <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> I believe that this side, we're not talking Europe, but we can maybe get ourselves uh, clear of the relegation race this year if some of these players really begin to come into form. Uh, and it's it's quite possible. Your boy uh, John Joe Kenny, hugely popular, wonderful <laughs> public. Everton's finest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's gotten off to sort of a, a shaky start, but he's coming in the form. Uh, Oliver Christiansen, uh, Christiansen. At least it's tough for me with Danish names because they're, they're sometimes not what I expect them to be. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's showing signs of betterment too. This 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 could be a very good team. Heartbreaking that they didn't get something out of it. Um, oh, the talking point we were talking about before the show, Dodi Lukabakio. This is a guy, I mean, that monster defensive tackle on on Nkuku. Yeah, crazy. Jeez, that was insane. <laughs> um, but he still missed so many, he's missed chances as well. I mean, he's he's yeah. a guy who has these finishing difficulties, and um, he should have let one of his teammates take that penalty. Mm-hmm. Probably Kanga. He should have let Kanga take that penalty so that he could get off the mark. So he could get that monkey off his back, so he could break his dog, whatever metaphor you like. I, I wish I had seen that from Luka Baki on Saturday. That was uh, maybe if Kanga had scored from the spot, might have finished later on. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was thinking as well. But yeah, obviously they missed two or three great chances. Well, they hit the post. I think mm-hmm. two headers wide when it looked easy yeah. to miss, really, didn't it? From a couple of those headers at the end. Uh, Hertz are going to be really kicking themselves. They didn't get at least a point. I would say even... I mean, obviously, there was that effort from Nkunku when he obviously went round the keeper. And then, as you say, Luka Bakio. So that would have been four. But it was just a really entertaining game. But it could easily have been 5-4 to yeah. the BSC. Didn't, I think, that game. didn't want it to end. Did not want <laughs> yeah, it was brilliant. And... Um, yeah. Do you think, Peter, the the reaction would have come if it weren't for that? You know, if it wasn't for the penalty, you know, obviously it was, it was on and around the hour mark, and the game was kind of drifting a little bit, and, and then obviously all all madness ensued as a result. Yeah. It were were Hertha playing well enough to kind of create that kind of comeback without that incentive? I thought so. I mean, I, I thought that they were uh, in terms of. Yeah, in terms of passing quality, in terms of ideas going forward, I think that they they, they had something, uh, and they were also making use of the space that because Rosa had Leipzig set up in this weird four two 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 sort of like double split stagger with with Schlager back, so there was space to exploit, and I think that they were they were growing into the game. But, yeah. 
Definitely. Yeah, just another question as well from Balam. Yeah, just about you, Peter, as well. Yeah, so a question about German football and Kaiserslautern, mm-hmm. the relegation and promotion playoff matches. Yeah, they can be intense with the fans too. Yeah, I'm sure you'd agree with that. And yeah, what did Peter make of the three league playoff match last season? Did you go to the game or did you watch the game? Or... Oh, I wish I could have been there. Um, <laughs> the first, uh, the the first one, which was hosted on the Betson back, uh, was really was really bad. <laughs> I mean, uh, that was a nil-nil draw. That was, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I yes, I, I wish I could have gone. Uh, I myself still support the playoffs, even though there's some controversy now because we can't, I mean, the, the, the top league teams have won the playoffs. What has it been now? Uh, four well, years. Yeah. Three, three that have done the, the from that have come up, sorry, from the Spider Bundesliga in, in terms of that particular playoff. Mm-hmm. One was Union Berlin as well. Incredible! I think they were the last team to do it, weren't they? Absolutely. That was uh, oh, that was a that was a hell of a match on there. Yeah, I was playing for for Stuttgart at that time. Yeah, I I remember at the time Stuttgart got a goal near the end, disallowed as well, and I think it was quite controversial at the time. This was pre-VAR days as well. I think in the Bundesliga, I remember Stuttgart got a goal, and I think it was away goals that uh, they won on in the end. And I think it was two all in Stuttgart, and then it was nil nil in. Berlin, but I remember that Stuttgart got a goal near the end. It looked okay, but it was disallowed. So, you know, if that goal had been allowed, who knows where Union Berlin would be now? It's uh, you've got to ask yourself that, really, haven't you? And who knows where Stuttgart would be now as well, Rory? <laughs> Those of us who remember Union, um, you know, I, I went to an Union match when there was no Twitter Liga, when there was no uh, a third German professional yeah. volunteer. Uh, and they were, you know, in the in the Regionalliga there. That was how far that club has come. I mean, the support that they had back then. I, I believe when I went it was two thousand and seven. So yes, I mean, the supporters have, have truly made that club. Uh, yeah. And they had those, you know, they had many many their coaching cycles there in the in the in the Zweite Liga. Uh, you know, they weren't always on an upward trajectory. They were stalling for for a great deal of time, but. The supporters make that club. The way the stadium on the Altefesterei looks these days is compared to where it was, you know, when I visited it uh, all those years, those 15 years back. Um, wow. It's a great story. We'll be hoping it. We'll be <laughs> it really is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, another question coming in as well from one of our regulars. Yeah, Johnny B. Yeah, really enjoyed the match day vlogs. Union of Berlin. Or Union Berlin or Freiburg. Who will finish higher? So go on. Let's go. Rory, who do you think first? I think, I think because Union will probably come out of Europe sooner, um, so I think I'll probably back them to come higher in the Bundesliga. I think Freiburg might go deep in, uh, <coughs> certainly in the Europa League. Yeah. So yeah, I'd back <coughs> Union Berlin in in short. <laughs> yeah, they've been incredible in the Europa League, Freiburg. Haven't they? They've just been killing it. They really have. Yeah. And Peter, who would you go for then? Uh, I'll say Union. I will. Yeah. I think that uh, Union has a deeper squad. I think that, uh, I mean, I, I want them both to finish top four. I do, obviously. Yeah. Um, but Union would be my, my pick to finish top four. I would say that Freiburg uh, would be top six or top seven. Yeah, definitely. Do, do you agree, Mark? What, what are you saying? 
Yeah, I'm going to go Union as well. Like just the way they're playing at the moment, you know, and they're actually dealing with the Thursday Sunday really well too. I mean, I know that the performances in the Europa League haven't been that great, but they still managed to get the double over Malmo, and you know they've got a chance of qualifying if they can win the next game against Braga. They're going to have a chance of going through. But to be honest, in some ways, I actually, think it might be better if they go out of Europe. But I think now, even if they, even if they finish third in the group, they go into the Conference League. So yeah, they're not going to. They're going to be playing Europe after February as well. But, yeah, I think, obviously, it's good for the club, good for the fans, so they can't complain really, from got, where they've come they've from. Got, they can rotate, or Fisher yeah. can rotate, particularly those wing-back positions, yeah. fresh those up every match day. They do have a big squad, and they signed a lot of really good frees as well over the last two or three years. You know, they've yeah. not spent a lot of money. They've actually made a profit as well, haven't they? On Obviously, this the sale of our knee and the likes of Friedrich and players like that, this probably got 20, 30 million for them and they've not spent even close to that in the last two, three years. So pretty I, impressive, really. Yes. I mean they're, they're I mean the way that they've been able to, yeah, I mean they, they sell off, but they, they get players in there that can just be plugged directly into Fisher's system. Yeah. Directly into the three five two. Yeah, and moving on to a team that yeah probably aren't going to be getting Champions League barring a miracle this season really, and that's Leverkusen. You know, obviously, absolutely destroyed against Frankfurt, and they are one of the sides that are going to be pushing the likes of Union and Freiburg probably for Champions League places, aren't they, Peter? I mean, I've been really impressed with them, especially Muani. I mean, how good has he been, the striker? I mean, obviously, he missed the penalty in this game, but I thought his all-round performance was world-class really in this game. He is. Probably uh, the the one I would I would rate him top player to watch in the Bundesliga right now. What he does with the ball, uh, what he does with dribbling, and his his positioning. Uh, the Saturday uh, match was was no exception. I covered it in great detail on the tactics column. It's sort of a, you know, a, a even a more than a minute by minute report uh, in my tactical focus section. Glasner is an amazing coach. Um, I think he put together a tactical masterclass on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, this was basically, you know, it was like a 5-4-1 uh, off the ball that was secured defensively. And then, you know, I mean, <clears throat> and, and you had some interesting calls. He put uh, Jakic uh, in the back three. He put Ibimbe at the wing back role. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, you know, the coach gets made to look like a genius when he's got players that are in incredible form. Muani was not, uh, it was not only Muani who was terrific. The goal by Lindstrom. Yeah. Lindstrom, that's my, my pick for the goal of the weekend. Um, yeah. I thought that confident chip over finish was just amazing. And let's not forget Mario Goetze. I think mm -hmm. in very good form. Uh, there's obviously only one uh, king of the uh, Baumdeuter or the space interpreter uh, <laughs> thing in German football, that's Thomas Müller. But uh, Goetze is really, he is seeing space as well. He is seeing spaces incredibly well lately. And it's because of him that both the slower builds and the counterattack on Frankfurt are really thriving and all of the amazing stuff that Muwani does. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, and Kamada can play almost anywhere. Kamada can play uh, up on the wings. He can play as a six. Uh, he can play as a support striker if Gaza needs him to be that. I, I think the two backup strikers who combined uh, for a late goal in this one, of course, after Leverkusen had given up, uh, Rafael Santos-Boy, the Colombian, and Lucas Alario, the Argentine, are fantastic as well. 
um, expecting big things from Frankfurt this season uh, in both the Bundesliga and European competition based on their depth uh, yeah. they're capable of. Yeah, not a, an interesting afternoon for Piero Hincapié, uh, who I think was involved in, well, probably five of six of the goals. Uh, I mean, so he, I mean, he lost Kolo Moani for, for the second goal, uh, obviously the penalties, uh, the right card, he scored Leverkusen's goal. Um, yeah, an interesting afternoon for, for the South. Uh, American as well, and uh, probably summarizes maybe Leverkusen's defensive woes all in one for for Xabi and Co. Uh, Incapier is when he's when he does execute a legal tackle, he's amazing. <laughs> but, but on the uh, the penalty, I thought I initially thought that was a legal tackle. I mean, it, it had it not been for VAR, uh, I thought that was an amazing tackle. He he is. He just straddles the line between brilliant, you know, uh, <laughs> crunching tackles and some of the dirtiest stuff you'll ever see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's just, uh, he's a player I can't wrap my head around the Ecuadorian there. And I mean, with, with Leverkusen's defense, Jonathan Ta, he hasn't been right for a very long time. I, I don't know what to make of him anymore. Uh, ever since he made those errors in Germany's nil uh, six loss to Spain in the Nations League, what was that, November 2020, I believe it was? He seems to, uh, and he also made that error on the Lewandowski goal. Uh, in, yeah, 2-1 two, two Bayern game. Right, which yeah. you know, they, were, they were contending, they were considered title contenders before that was yeah. and that was the 2020-21 uh, campaign, yes. Uh, Tapsoba, Edmund Tapsoba, the Burkinabe, got off to such an incredible start in the Bundesliga. Um, we had such respect. I don't know what's up with him. He's, he's having these confidence issues. I guess they got to roll with a back three because you need uh, those wingbacks, uh, Finpong and uh, and Bakker. Uh, mm. You know, you need them as part of the yeah. offense now. At least you do until you get Florian Wertz back, uh, you know, or... Uh, Callum Hudson Adoyes and sick. That was ill time, bad, bad timing there for, for Chabi on, on Saturday. But yeah, the labor crews in defense, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, they're going to spend a lot of money in the transfer market. Rolfus is, is going to, they're they not, I mean, they are a company team. They have the money to spend. They will spend uh, money in the transfer market rebuilding the defense. And when Florian Wertz comes back, it's a different team. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't push the panic button on them just yet. I think that they can still contend for the European spaces once they get Vyots back. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, interesting comment coming in from Dan. Dan Green, hope you're doing well, pal. Um, again, mentioning the match vlogs, Mark. So you're, you're a popular man at the moment doing all that sort of stuff. <laughs> uh, looking for the EFL ones as well. I'm sure they'll be on their way not too soon. Uh, well, obviously, obviously the ones that come onto the channel are great. Um, looking at Bookie's odds to give me Hertha relegation and Union for top four. Uh, well, I think you'll probably get some interesting odds on that. Um, based on what we've seen from Hertha, they've been dramatically improved. So I'm not sure they'll be directly relegated. I think if it was going to happen, probably would have happened last year. Uh, Peter, thought, thoughts on Dan's you know, pending bet that he's going to do there? Does he have a chance? I say, well, with Hertha... I say they're not going to be in the relegation race, but I've said that I've said that so many times. <laughs> I mean, what I, what do you expect me to say at this at this point? I don't. You never really know. 
but I, uh, uh, I, I would, I would definitely take, I would take some, some three to one odds on, on when you're in the top four. I'll give you that. Stuff. There you go. Heard it first from Peter. Three to one. Why those odds? Uh, right back over to you, Mark. I think we'll, uh, we'll move on to our next game. Yeah, definitely. And I think two sides that for me have got more chance of being relegated than the BSC this season, and it's Stuttgart and Bolton. Yeah, I think um, obviously the first game without the American, obviously Matarazzo, wasn't it? And it was a bit of a, I wouldn't say controversial by the end. I think it was probably a rightful firing, really, wasn't it? Let's be honest. I think they'd only won... I think they won eight games in the last 45 overall by the time he was fired. You know, obviously last season, pretty lucky to avoid the playoff, weren't they? Let's be honest. That last minute endo goal, wasn't it? And then obviously this season as well, no wins in the first nine games. So obviously he was fired. But yeah, I think everybody knew that this was the game that they had to win, basically. And I think... uh, even a draw wouldn't have been enough in this game. And let's be honest, they won the game very, very comfortably, didn't they? Um, I didn't think it was the best quality game in truth. I think there were a few mistakes. But as often is the case in the Bundesliga, even the lower games still provide goals, don't they? And, you know, Peter, would you say there was anything tactically there that kind of gave Stuttgart the edge? I had mixed feelings about it. I, I initially, on the on the first watch, I thought, I mean, I was terribly excited with, with what Vima did um, in bringing uh, and reuniting Silas and Sosa as, you know, these sort of split-staggered uh, wingbacks. Now, um, let's spare care for Matarazzo by saying that he had some bad luck with Silas's uh, um, ACL tear, back when he was known as Silas Wamani Tuka <laughs> <laughs> before... His real name was revealed. So he lost Silas um, for you know the latter stages of 2020-21 campaign. Then he lost Kalajic for the uh, the opening phase of the the next campaign. And Sosa has been sort of intermittently fit. So I really, I mean, Silas and Sosa, I think they put together uh, one of the better games. I mean, this was the first game in a long, long time that I that I saw both of them clicking and both of them synchronizing their movements on the opposite flanks. And that's that's obviously huge. Um, Endo you can put just about anywhere. Guatero Endo is the rover. Uh, he'll cover a lot of guys. I think he was serving as sort of a semi bolt lock sweeper ahead of the back three. That was my take on it uh, anyway. And that's fine because he can get up the pitch. He can go everywhere. He's just he's he's an amazing player. Absolute right choice for the captaincy. You give Madrazo credit for that as well. Um, uh, I think Ahamada was good. Uh, Ahamada, he unfortunately succumbed to injury, but Friedrich uh, was, was also good as his, uh, as his replacement as a buttressing attacker. Siahu Garasi wasn't available because of suspension, so they didn't have a real target forward. And uh, Rory's a, you're, you're a Stuttgart fan, right? For my sins, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's probably what's keeping you up at night, right? Is that who... Who do we have? I mean, can we get a striker? Because you got Thiago Tomas, you have Luca Pfeiffer, you have Juan Jose Pereira, and all these young guys are, they got talent, but they're sort of unrefined. You know, they, they have problems. So it's all young and it's all raw and everything like that. Um, yeah, they, they do need one target forward, I would say. And Garassi could be the guy. Yeah, I, yeah, I've been encouraged by what I've seen from Garassi. Uh, it would be great if some of our strikers could stay on the pitch long enough to, you know, complete games. Um, you know, the suspensions of the red cards certainly aren't helping. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, for some reason, I just thought that, you know, 
VFB would rock up, they'd use the emotion in the air, you know, everything that's gone on, I expected them to win the game. Um, and, you know, there were some good performances out there in, in particular. But going forward, Peter, uh, obviously there are a couple of noticeable changes. You know, Milot came into the, to the into the team, no Ito either. Um, so a couple of changes, very, very slight though. But going forward to now, they've got the cup game against Bielefeld midweek, uh, obviously. So coming up, but then obviously they face a task in itself against Dortmund next up. You know, they can't just rely on emotion every so often once, you know, once something big happens. So where do you think they're going to now take things going forwards? Uh, well, we have, last I, I heard, something may have happened uh, while we went live, but we got the two trainer candidates. Um, I would probably go with the Dane, although Schroeder, he did lead Hoffenheim to the Champions League, or uh, mm -hmm. to the, uh, uh, excuse me, the Europa League places uh, back when he was in the Bundesliga. Um, next trainer is, is obviously crucial. Uh, I think what's going on with Stuttgart administratively uh, is also very, very. I, I mean, they have to make a decision on this one, Tom, don't you think? Uh, do you think? Yeah. yeah. What, what, what's your take on that? Uh, there's obviously been a lot of chat about Mislintat for for a little while now. I just think, and obviously, there's been some internal recruitment as well. It was, you know, some of the younger Bundesliga, you know former players that, that have come into roles and what exactly they're going to be doing, I feel, is a little bit up in the air. So the sooner that they, you know, sort out the the higher echelons of the club and, and make some decisions, the better. Um, and that hopefully will have an impact of security on the pitch after, after you know, we kind of get to that resolution. So I, I'd happily have him stay, but at the same time, it need some clarity on the role, I think, going forwards. But I, I'd also... Curious, really, really quick, to get your take on on Silas's performance because I mean, obviously, in terms of the score sheet and uh, you know the, the uh, team of the week and all the grades and the German press, he's he's top notch. I saw him lose a lot of balls though. I mean, did did you were you a little concerned about that? Yeah, I, th I think since he's come back from his injury, he he has struggled uh, at times, and he's he has often given the ball away in frustrating manners, uh, building up building of attacks as well. Uh, but for the first time in recent weeks, I've seen a bit more confidence come back into his game, a um, bit more directness as well, which, you know, the kind of the player that we fell in love with in the first season back that Stuttgart had. Um, memories of that 5-1 win against Dortmund come, you know, spring to mind and, you know, just how direct he was. Uh, and, you know, that kind of aggressiveness came out in the first few minutes where he goes on the run, he chops back inside, you know, confidently, and he, he draws the foul, confident enough to pick the ball up and say, yeah, I've earned this and I'll take it, you know, in front of, well, obviously not the plethora of players that could have maybe taken the penalty anyway, but he still had the confidence to go out and do that. He was involved in everything good. I thought that Stuttgart did. It's often been the way, and my frustrations as a Stuttgart fan in recent weeks and months, even last season, with the way that our attacks would often break down by silly losses of possession in those kind of promising areas. Um, it often happens like that. Um, the performance is often pretty steady. It has been for the first 10 games. It's not not one game has been completely disastrous, uh, I would say. Um, so, yeah, I think this has been coming for a while and Silas's performance kind of topped off what I thought was a really needed and, and well earned win for, for Sugar, but it couldn't have been a more perfect scenario really for us either. It's, I 
yeah, and I, I think the back three is probably a good idea. Uh, Ito is is I, he hasn't really convinced me this season. Yeah. I, I like yeah. I mean, provided they're healthy, Anton Mavropanos, Dan Axel Zagadou, maybe uh, Endo is the is the sweeper. Although Karatsor would would make a better sweeper, uh, I think. Yeah, the jury for me is still out on uh, Karazor. I, I find him a really frustrating player, actually, myself. And frustrating personality as well. Yeah, well, yeah, quite. Um, <laughs> less said about the better. Um, so, yeah, there, there's still plenty to be worked on, whether some of the younger chaps get more game time. Amada, as you mentioned, was really good getting the goal. Nice little finish and look promising so far. Um, in the team, so certainly some positives to take out of it. I don't want this to become the the VFB Stuttgart hour, um, as, as I'm wary of my my joy to discuss the first win in generations. It feels like, um, so yeah, no, completely and utterly deserved win. Um, but yeah, I guess you know there are bigger tests to come for sure. Yeah, definitely. Just another question as well for you, Peter. Yeah, Bundesliga and German football is good for a good league for developing players. Yeah, what are Kaiserslautern's chances of going up? Yeah, Kais, Fau, Darmstadt, Hanover, Paderborn are all up there for promotion. You've missed FC Nuremberg, though, Ballon. Yeah, you've got to remember they're still in. Under Weinzel, we're going to be fighting for promotion again. Yeah. But yeah, what do you think, Peter? Do you think Kaiserslautern can punch towards the top end of the division or is it more about stability this season? You're my the analytical side of my brain turns off with that question. <laughs> it, it's all hard. I think I, I really like the moves that they made this offseason. Uh, I think that um, I, I certainly I, I hope that they will. And um, I wish I had a little bit more time to watch uh, Zweite to Bundesliga. I haven't, I mean, you know, since I'm so focused on the the top league is my beat. But uh, I like what I've seen from from Lauten, uh this season, and. Uh, yeah, the Zweite Liga, as I said, I wish I had more time to watch it. Last last year's Zweite Liga was the best Zweite Liga ever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of big clubs in there last season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, well, perhaps we'll uh, we'll go to Nuremberg someday. I'll I'll look forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. You can watch it. I think we actually play you guys. Not. I think possibly before the break, so I might do uh, one of the long-awaited blogs as well for the game. You can check it out. Yeah, that'd be pretty I'll cool. Following with bated breath. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bringing uh, Kaiserslautern to your living room. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I think we'll probably just cover maybe uh, one more game because obviously we don't want to go uh, go on for too long tonight. Sure. Yeah. So I think. Uh, Probably the other game that was really good was, again, it was the Sunday afternoon game as well, wasn't it? It was the Köln versus Augsburg, yeah. I mean, obviously, it was seen as the kind of, uh, you know, aperitif, so to speak, to that big build double header. But, yeah, I think it turned out to be one of the better games of the weekend, didn't it? I mean, obviously, Augsburg are just one of those sides. I mean, obviously, I went to the game two weeks ago, and they're just such a – they are a bit of a dirty team, I'm going to be honest. They pick up so many suspensions and yellow cards, and they really get stuck in, you know, right the way from Enrico Marsen, the coach, all the way through the team, you know. And I think they had, like, two or three suspensions for this game as well. And they started out with a kind of makeshift back forward, didn't they, with Winter and Gumni as centre-half. And obviously, mm. Gumni isn't a typical for that position. They played a back four. But, Peter, do you think Köln were the better side in that game? Or do you think uh, Augsburg were a bit unlucky to lose the match? 
I was impressed with what Augsburg delivered. Uh, as you mentioned, they were without their center backs after that melee uh, uh, the week before. Uh, Gumni and Vinta, I mean, they had their problems. And and Kuhn, they were clearly the better team. They're the better team in optically, aesthetically, XG-wise. Uh, they should have sewn that game up a lot earlier. I mean, you have to realize with Kuhn, um, you know, with players like Mata, Hussein, uh, Basic, uh, Mina, and even Stefan Tigges, these are these are second tier players, and uh, and they're they're doing an excellent job in Stefan Baumgart's rotations, uh, but they do have trouble finishing uh, chances and finishing off games. Uh, Augsburg a pleasant surprise that four game unbeaten streak, uh, the the best tactical move that Enrico Massen made this season, one of the best tactical moves in the entire league, was moving Amadin Dimirovic to uh, wing. Yeah. And he's running a two-striker set with Nagin Davisha, who I is, have been very impressed with, a great, yeah. a great signing. Um, I wonder why more people aren't talking about maybe, because we can take 26 players to the World Cup, why not take Fulkrug and Davisha? Uh, I, I would, I would, I would, I would advocate that. But it was I agree. I've really enjoyed his performances. He's been really good, though, so far. Yeah, I think the the miss in the game that I saw them against Wolfsburg, obviously, he was suspended as well because yeah. he got the red card. I mean, he does like to get stuck in a little bit, and he can, you know, he can blow his fuse a little bit. Can't that's probably his negative, really. But mm -hmm. I think in general, he is a quality player, and I agree that Demirovic has been really good. I think obviously they're a side that need the best eleven on the pitch, though Augsburg. You know, I think there were a few too many defenders missing in this game, and I think there was only really Iago who was a first choice in his first choice position, really in that back four, wasn't it? So, and obviously a side like Köln at home with the fans behind him, it was always going to be a big challenge. And obviously you've got to remember Gikovic was missing in the game as well. So yeah. obviously it was a backup goalkeeper, Kubek who I think only made his debut the week before against Wolfsburg. So, you know, it really was a makeshift back 4-5, really, wasn't it, including the goalkeeper. So, you know, I thought it was a fair effort, really, for them. You know, obviously, Nita Lechner getting the goal. Caliguri, who doesn't get that much game time nowadays, does he? But he came off the bench. To get it, was, it was Winter who unlocked uh, Nita Lechner for that opening goal. So, yeah, he was, yeah, he did a great job. I mean, you know, defensively, you can see these guys are not center halves. You, you yeah. can see that. But, I mean, uh, what they were able to do, what they were able to accomplish with those suspensions, particularly on the counter and uh, in some of their braver, you know, verticals and whatnot that they would send up the pitch, I was really impressed. It was a fantastic game. I mean, it just just a great five-goal thriller there at the Rhein and yeah. with, with some of the best Bundesliga fan scenes that you'll see. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you think, uh, Peter, on a couple of occasions, Colton so far this season have been more of a second-half team? You know, we've seen quite a few decent comebacks from them. A couple of sleepy first-halves as well. Again, from, from my perspective, again, uh, on a couple of occasions, they, you know, they haven't quite got out of the blocks uh, against a number of different teams. Took them enough time to get going uh, on, on the Sunday as well. Uh, so anything that you spotted there tactically or is it just maybe... With fans um, throwing them into the game, yeah. I mean, early in the season, they had difficulty scoring, even when they were they had a man advantage. So, I mean, they, they got off to a pretty sluggish uh, start to the season. Uh, tactically, generally speaking, he wants he, the Baumgart likes that four one three two, um, and there's so many rotations. Nobody rotates more than he does uh, between the European weeks and uh, and the Bundesliga weeks. That's why, I mean, you have this collection of second-tier players 
who uh, either underperform or they overperform. And uh, <clears throat> that's what you're going to get with Kern. I mean, you'll, you'll have underachieving games, you'll have uh, overachieving games, because these players aren't quite used to this level just yet. Um, whether or not they will be remains to be seen. Exciting team to watch in any case. And who doesn't want to watch Stefan Baumgart on the sideline? Uh, you know, next to Christian Streich, uh, he's he's your your favorite sideline camera coach uh, in the Bundesliga. <laughs> yeah, and I think yesterday as well, he got it up to a few antics, and he apparently told the Augsburg bench to sit down and shut up. Apparently, <laughs> so he got in a bit of trouble over that. But yeah, that's just his character, isn't he? He really is one of the great characters in the Bundesliga, and he kind of typifies the German game in some ways. You know, so many characters in there, as you say, Strike. There's just so many of them, really. Even Urs Fischer, he's obviously, you know, obviously he's not quite as charismatic, but he's still a character in his own way, isn't he? You know, it's uh, you've got so many great characters in there. Well, he speaks German with one of the thickest Swiss accents. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely. He kind of looks like an old school Tony Pulis on the bench as well, with his uh, obviously the the style. And do you remember him from Stoke? He kind of reminds me of that style. I never thought of it that way. Yeah, it's like Tony Pulis meets Bruno Gans. Wow, wow. Now I have that in my head. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> he wears the club shop, as he used to say. Too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay. So, yeah, I think that's pretty much uh, everything. Yeah, obviously, there's still a couple more games, but we're not going to oh, cover them. I mean, the only games that we didn't cover were uh, yeah. uh, Mainz Bremen and uh, yeah. Hoffenheim Schalke. Yeah, and I think they were the glad back two-two draw. Also entertaining yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that that was entertaining enough too. I mean, I would say, uh, mine's amazing performance. Everybody yeah. was in different positions tactically for Bo Svensson. He had to make some real ad hoc makeshift moves with Dominic Kua in the back three and things like that. They Stark really was great in that game as well. Stark was amazing. Well, Stark had been playing up up further this season, so he yeah. put him back in the yeah. sixth spot and he really thrived. Um, yeah, Svensson's three four three. I really like. I think they're going places. Schalke are going nowhere. They are uh, falling rather. Parting yeah. company with Funk Karma. I think after tomorrow's loss at the latest. Yeah. Um, and uh, Wolfsburg Gladbach was a game that you you liked what you saw from both sides. The first time in a long time that that Wolfsburg looked entertaining. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe they're finally getting there. Uh, I think Vimmer looks good. Vimmer's been a good addition for Wolfsburg, I think. You know, since he came back from injury, he looks industrious. And yeah, Kaminsky, finally, yeah, he found his feet in that one, too. And yeah. uh, those two guys were doing some excellent rotations. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Even even Marmouche, since he's come back yeah, from yeah. Fourth, he's got yeah. some Bundesliga football under his belt. Great he's a funny player, isn't he? Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. so so your pick for goal of the weekend, was it Vinstrom or was it Marmouche? <laughs> Jobbik. I love the chip, I love the chip finish too much. I love that. Yeah, I still love it. Ah, okay. yeah, it was class. That really was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think that pretty much sums up the weekend. And yeah, what a weekend it's been, as we said. So, if you enjoyed what you saw, then remember to check out our Twitter feed as well at Over the Bar FB and at Over the Bar Extra. Also, our main site as well, which is OTBFootball.net. So, remember, we're not only a Bundesliga site. We're pretty much a everything football side, really. We also have a YouTube show for the Football League in England as well, which is Championship League 1 and League 2. Yeah, I think that's going to come out on Friday. They've still not 
solidified a date yet i don't think for what they do it every week but i think it's going to be friday so check that out obviously the the latest vlog coming out tomorrow as well i've mentioned it a couple of times so i won't go on too much but yeah and also remember to like comment and subscribe on our stuff but yeah thanks a lot to peter it was a pleasure to have you yeah great tactical insight as well and welcome to come on again always a privilege to spend an hour with bundesliga fanatics yeah Definitely, yeah. And we'll see you again on Thursday for the uh, Fantasy Football Show. So see you then, guys. Cheers, all.